The Pat Kenny Show. With the Jaguar E-Pace. Beautiful by design and dynamic to drive. Delivering performance that is unmistakably Jaguar. This is News Talk. Noticed this year. Um, Porik is, I don't know whether it's a result of COVID-19 and, and n- less activity by local authorities, but there is a huge effort in putting out wildflowers and leaving strips on on cut and giving nature a bit of an extra lift in the last couple of months. And it's really paying dividends now with the type of flora and fauna we are seeing. Absolutely. And it's absolutely beautiful to see the right around the county councils are substituting manicured lawns to to include wildflower meadows and and wildflowers that will flower right up till October and November and are, of course, brilliant for our honeybees, but also for many of our pollinating insects as well. And everybody can do their little piece. And this time in August is the perfect time of year for sowing wildflowers because nature is doing that already for the next year's generation. So if you wanted to add just a little bit of colour to your garden or tidy up an area, wildflowers are a great range of of plants to actually sow from seed at this time of year. Some will come into flower this year, Jonathan, the annual varieties, but others will germinate and flower next summer and and flowering right through from June till October. So you get Mm. tons of colour. But even It's a test of of patience for the gardener though because when they start to come up they look all raggedy and they don't look great and the temptation is to go out and weed because that's what we've been programmed to do. You You have to let them push through to get to the flowering stage which can be very difficult for people who are proud of how their garden looks. Yeah, and many of the wildflowers, they take up to eight weeks to come into flower. So varieties like some of the oxide daisies and poppies and a lovely plant called Phacelia that I mentioned to Pat last week, that takes eight, eight weeks from sowing from seed to flower. Uh, but there are some dwarf varieties, Jonathan, as well. You don't have to necessarily grow the wild mo- wildflower meadow that's a metre high. There are plenty of varieties and mixes available in garden centres at the moment, some for the bees, some for the butterflies, some for the birds, uh, because they produce a lot of seed, but also varieties that are grown. Wildflowers are grown for scent and some dwarf varieties that will only grow to about 18 inches in height. So you can pick the selection of seed to suit the location. So if you've got a bank or slope or under trees or under apple trees where you want something a little bit short and more compact, there are blends of wildflower seed that you can use in those situations. The other tip, it's hard to believe it, but the spring flower bulbs are coming into garden centres this week the daffodils, the snowdrops, the bluebells, and plant some of those as well in your wildflower area because they will give you colour from December right through until June and then the wildflowers come into flower in June and carry you through till October. So you can actually have 10 months of colour using spring flowering, winter and spring flowering bulbs in association with wildflower meadow Mm. seed. And the combination of both is a great way to plant areas. Weed control. When we tackle weeds, the the compulsion is to go to the nuclear option, to to kill them stone dead and get rid of them. There are more natural ways to do that. Well, the, the most useful gardening implement I have in the shed, which I have for 12 years, is a wolf garden hoe. It's, it's a German make, it's stainless steel, and it's an absolutely brilliant device for scuffling the weeds in your garden. And generally every Saturday morning, I spend an hour in the garden just simply pushing the hoe. It glides over the surface of the soil, it scuttles the weeds, 
and it, it keeps the garden really, really tidy. So, and it's a great workout. Within a couple of hours, I've got my 10,000 steps uh, underway. So you can use the garden hoe, Jonathan. If you do it once a week, you keep on top of all weeds. Having mm. said that, there are mulches you can use as well, like garden compost and bark that can use as a physical barrier to weeds and lots of the ground covering shrubs that can be planted as well. And I'm in favour of a method called the drift planting, where you put a collection of the same variety of plant together, closely planted, so it smothers the soil, smothers the weeds, it looks fantastic, and it makes it low maintenance and easy gardening. So look for that drift planting method where you're putting a collection of shrubs together or herbaceous plants and letting them fill into one another so they carpet the ground and suppress the weeds. So there's lots of natural ways of doing it. Yeah, changing out a couple of our um, pots over the last couple of days and I found the biggest, fattest, ugliest slugs had uh, had managed to move into all of these pots and, and were taking up residence. And the only thing I got joy out of was A, getting rid of them out of the pots, but B, yesterday we looked out into the garden, into the rain yesterday evening, and saw the biggest, fattest hedgehog roaming through the garden who was Brilliant. going to do a lot of the heavy lifting on the slugs for me if he got his hands on them. Uh, how can we stop slugs from becoming the pests that they are without putting down those dirty little blue things? Yeah, well, encouraging wildlife, particularly hedgehogs, are brilliant for hoovering up all of the slugs and snails. Now, Jonathan, there are organic treatments, and there is actually an organic pellet. It looks like the traditional slug pellet, but it's organic. It's certified by the Organic Institute, and you have a couple of different varieties. So if you go into your garden centre and ask for the organic slug pellets, they're safe for pets, for children, for wildlife but they do work very effectively at controlling pests or slugs and snails in particular. And they're made from natural ingredients like iron and phosphate. So once they dissolve, they return as nutrition to the soil. So look for those. They're organic-based slug pellets. You can use those. Garlic is is actually one of the very best, Jonathan. You can actually buy a concentrated garlic juice that you mix with water. You apply it onto the foliage of your hostas or your vegetable plants or whatever. Again, it's a natural treatment and slugs and snails dislike the taste of garlic. So that's a great treatment as well. And copper tape, copper wire or copper tape around the base of your pots or up at the rim of the pot will physically stop the slug from crawling up onto the soil because they get an electric shock from anything that's based on copper. And again, you can, in your local garden centre, you're able to buy the copper tape and put it around the bots. Has it been a particularly good year for small birds? We seem to have lots and lots of them around. And maybe it's just because we're noticing them more because we're at home. But there is loads of, certainly starlings, uh, there yeah. are loads of tiny little uh, blue tits and, and yellow tits and all sorts of crazy little birds around the gardens, including sparrows. Has it been a good year for them? And that, that's good for the garden as well, isn't it? Absolutely. It's been a brilliant year, really. And again, we had the really warm weather back in March, April, May. So we had a huge concentration of caterpillars, aphids, lots of food sources for the garden songbirds. And they've been feeding on those during the nesting period and as they fledged. So it's been a terrific year. And I've noticed in my own garden a huge range of birds this year. But coming into the autumn, this is the time of year to start feeding birds because those pests have, have, are beginning to disappear now and birds will be looking for natural food sources. So planting shrubs and trees that have berries are, are absolutely brilliant. But it's also the time of year for cleaning, for, for putting up new nest boxes, but also for cleaning out the your feeders and putting new feed 
nuts and high protein feeds in for the birds, niger seed, wildflower uh, bird seed and uh, the, the high protein nuts should be put into the feeders now to feed the birds right through the autumn, winter and spring okay. period. And entertainment as well, because they bait the hell out of each other trying to get to the nuts as well, which is it's fun to watch. Um, Gillian has texted in to say, I have a 13-year-old cherry blossom tree which has had dwindling growth in the last few years. Last year, I removed plants that may have been preventing water getting to the roots, but there's no improvement. There are a few other cherry blossoms in the housing estate and all seem to be suffering the same. Is there any way of restoring growth? Could that be, um, could that be the fact they're sick? Yeah, the cherries suffer from a disease called silver leaf. So if you prune cherries at the incorrect time of year, they should be pruned just immediately after flowering in late April, early May is the time to prune cherries. If they're pruned in the winter, the infection can get into the damaged cuts and wounds and you get this kind of silvery appearance or a sickly appearance to the the foliage of the trees. Unfortunately, the trees just continue to regress and and go back and even feeding them will not bring them out of that, um, the silver leaf disease. So, you know, it's it's a it's a case that they may have to be re- removed in time. Um, you know, keep an eye on them maybe for next year. But that it's a very distinguished um, disease, silver leaf. Mm. It's that silvery kind of sheen on the leaf, and and that sickly appearance, the yellowing of the foliage, the stems dying back, and eventually the trees have to be removed. How do I? So maybe bring a piece find... of it. Yeah, but, sorry. Go on, bring a piece. Bring a piece of it into your local garden centre, and they'll be able to identify the problem that's that's on the the okay. foliage. One last one. How do I control bindweed? What is bindweed? It sounds painful. Well, yeah, bindweed is convolvulus. It's a it's a it's a weed that actually wraps itself around the stems of plants. It's a climbing weed with beautiful white flowers. I mean, it's a very attractive plant if you let it flower, and and the bees absolutely love it. But it can smother plants as well. Unfortunately, the Digging it, you're only propagating the plant. Um, so you've got to use, unfortunately, a systemic um, weed killer. In this instance, John, Jonathan, hoeing is no good and digging is no good. So I would use, go again into your local garden centre, get a systemic weed killer that will go down into the system and the roots of the bindweed, apply it to the foliage, and that will kill it off within a fortnight. Um, so it's one of those okay. weeds that unfortunately has to be treated with a weed killer. Yeah, no sympathy. Go straight out. Remove it all, says Borna Corkin. <laughs> yes, Borna, well, get rid of Hort- it. It's going to smother Get rid plants. of it all. Horticulturist and gardening expert Borna Corkin, as always, thank you very much for joining us uh, on the programme today. 